This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. Hey, EMM. We are excited to announce that we are now accepting applications for our second annual Diversity and Inclusion Award. The award is eligible to fourth-year med students identifying as underrepresented in medicine and are applying to EM residencies. We are extending three $200 awards to selected individuals following a blinded review of all applications. Applications will be accepted through the end of November with winners being announced mid-December. Check out our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.org EDI award for all the details and to access the free application. Or you can click on the link in our show notes. Thank you. All right, where are we going? All right, good morning, everybody. So today's uh, Medical Minute is going to be kind of dreaming of warmer times. Um, I am reviewing for a board exam, and so this is kind of tied into some of my studying. So bear with me. This is something that probably won't present to us until the spring or summer. But uh, we'll start with the case. So we've got a 13-year-old male. He's coming to us after hiking with his family, and he got bitten by a snake on the trail. They just scooped him up and brought him straight to the emergency department. What else do you guys want to know? I don't know what the snake looked like. <laughs> okay, snake look like. Kind of get get an idea of maybe what we're working with. Anything else? What time? What does the wound look like? What time? Yeah, maybe where on the body the kid got bit, right? So let's say he got bit about an hour ago. They just drove down. They were kind of hiking up by, by Red Rocks. Um, it's on his foot. And there's maybe like a couple of puncture wounds. Symptoms, maybe last tetanus might be a good idea. So overall, uh, here in Colorado, we see mostly rattlesnake bites. Those are kind of the only ones that you really have to worry about. There's kind of two types of snakes in the United States that we worry about in general. Crotalids are kind of pit vipers and rattlesnakes fall under that category, as do cottonmouths. It's the same, same snake as a, a water moccasin, if you're more familiar with those. Those are all in the southern part of the United States, so it's not really something that we see here in Colorado. You have another type of snake, uh, an elapidid, that is more in Arizona. Um, that's where we get into coral snakes, so you get those little rhyme mnemonics, black on yellow, red on black. But we don't have those here in Colorado. Um, so mostly rattlesnakes, there's a, a couple of different types of rattlesnakes. The biggest and most common snake sighting that we actually have here in Colorado is something called a bull snake, which is a rattlesnake look-alike. Some people think that bull snakes don't bite. They do. They're just non-venomous. Um, and so you can still get bites. People's dogs get bitten a lot because they get over and they get curious. They kind of mimic rattlesnakes' uh, rattling sound. They do a different mechanism to make the sound, but um, they look a lot like rattlesnakes, and they're a lot bigger. They're, they look really scary. So that is an option. That is one potential snake that could have bitten this kid. Basically, the thing to do really is just to elevate the extremity and then get them to the emergency department. Stuff you're looking for is progression of symptoms, specifically if the symptoms progress past a joint line. You'll want to check and make sure um, any swelling in the area. Most of these envenomations happen into the subcutaneous tissue, and so they don't actually get into any of the compartments. So there's this whole thing, do we need to check for compartment pressures and all of that? Not really. You can get a really big snake that might actually get down to the muscle belly, um, but even in those cases, the treatment is just more antivenom. Speaking of antivenom, the venom here is called, or the antivenom here is called Crofab. Um, it's expensive, and so we don't give it just to anyone. Um, that has kind of a lot to do with some interesting FDA stuff. It's a lot less expensive, for example, in Mexico. But here in the United States, it's still really expensive. And so we give it, um, we still give it. You'll do it in conjunction with the poison center. But you usually give it, you know, for kind of a handful of things. One, systemic symptoms, so things like vomiting, any hypotension, abnormal labs, that'll definitely do it 
or you'd give it if the um, symptoms are progressing, specifically if they're progressing past a joint line. We tend to give it a little bit more aggressively in like really distal extremities, so things like hands and feet. And then other than that, you're checking labs. Crotalids, the, the specific type of snake that we're worried about, have a lot of heme toxicity. And so those types of snakes can end up with a lab pattern that looks pretty similar to DIC. You can get thrombocyanopenia, you can get some hemolysis. Um, and so patients who end up with any of those systemic signs and symptoms will end up getting monitored for a lot longer. Speaking of monitoring, a lot of times these patients will come in with no immediate symptoms other than just some localized pain, and so it's, the temptation is to get them out of the emergency department fairly quickly. But because these symptoms can progress, these patients need about 8 to 12 hours worth of observation time to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then um, if they do end up having any progression, obviously, then they end up getting admitted. Right off the bat, if somebody's getting CROFAB, then they tend to be observed for a little longer. And then, again, if their symptoms progress, it's not just one dose of antivenom. If their symptoms are progressing, they just get more antivenom. Okay. There's a bunch of devices that are out there in terms of trying to help, like, minimize the spread of any of this toxicity and maybe, like, sucking out the venom. None of those have really been shown to be helpful. There's even some devices that they were commenting on in, in one of the things I was just reading. There's some devices that uh, are like tasers where you would actually tase the patient in the site of the envenomation. That's not helpful. So really, if these patients get any sort of, any sort of snake bite, you want to elevate the extremity and just get them to the emergency department. Um, because they can get some of these systemic signs and symptoms, in theory, they shouldn't be driving. So ambulance or a buddy to drive them is kind of ideal. Any questions? Let's have a good shift today. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division, and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.